Hi, you're listening to the Grace House Podcast. We are a little country church in Clinton, Arkansas, and our mission is to glorify God in love and worship, to love one another, to teach and equip disciples for Christ, to encourage the church to do something great for God, to saturate the earth with the gospel so that multitudes will be saved. Thanks for joining us, and here is our pastor, Terry Simpson. Hi, you're listening to the Grace House Podcast. We are a little country church in Clinton, Arkansas, and our mission is to glorify God in love and worship, to love one another, to teach and equip disciples for Christ, to encourage the church to do something great for God, to saturate the earth with the gospel so that multitudes will be saved. Thanks for joining us, and here is our pastor, Terry Simpson. Really excited about this. We we have entered the new uh, technology age here at Grace Church by getting our own YouTube channel. Now we don't have the announcements and and, and the music and stuff because people in in Asia and Africa they really don't care about our announcements. So basically, we're it's a teaching kind of thing. And so be praying for me. We want to welcome. You'll hear me do this each time. Those who are watching us on YouTube, preaching tonight on the Prince, uh, taken from Acts chapter three. And even though I am a I am a teacher, I hope to teach some some tonight. But I'm a teacher. I just I guess I got something on my heart about Jesus. <laughs> I think I think the Lord is really misrepresented a lot today. And uh, so I, w- I want to try to clear something out. The Prince. I'm going to read the verses uh, Acts two, twelve through fifteen. Acts. 12 through 16, and uh, a, a mighty miracle has taken place. And the lame man, who'd been lame from birth, 38 years lame, Peter uh, uh, heals this man in the name of Jesus. So we pick it up in verse 12. So when Peter saw it, he saw the, the crowd gathered. Uh, they, all, they all came running. Nothing draws a crowd like a good healing. <laughs> That's what happened. Nothing draws a crowd like a changed life. This man's life was radically changed, and everybody came together. They were so excited. They were rejoicing. It says in verse 10, they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. Nothing draws a crowd like God doing something supernatural in our presence. Amen. That's what I've been preaching on on healing here. Uh, Look at verse 12. When Peter saw it, he responded to the people of men of Israel, Why do you marvel at this? Why do you look so intently at us as though our, by our own power or godliness we had made him walk? God, the God of Abraham, Isaac. Now, this would have been a good chance for Peter to promote his ministry. But he didn't do that. This would have been a good chance for Peter to sign up partners to financially support him. He didn't do that. He turned their attention away from the apostles to Jesus. And in this short sermon, he's going to reference Jesus Christ no less than ten times. That's what preachers ought to do. Talk about Jesus. And that's what Peter's going to do here. Uh, He says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Uh, Jacob is important there. Somebody sent me a whole teaching thing on, on 
the Palestinians are actually children of, of Abraham and they belong to that land. No, they're children of Abraham, but they're not children of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers. Glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered and denied. There's a great outline in the notes. Uh, I'm not going to go through the outline. You, you delivered and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. You remember the story? They arrested Jesus and they brought him to, to the governor. And he, he said, there's nothing, this man hasn't done anything wrong. You know, I, I find no fault in him. And so he, he did everything that he could to let Jesus go. He wanted him to be released. His wife warned him about a dream she had, but he finally yielded. Typical politician. He yielded to the majority. You know, uh, so Pilate, he's a typical politician. He was determined to let him go. But you denied the Holy One, the Holy One, and the just, and asked for a murderer to be granted you. What was that murderer's name? Barabbas. Not Barnabas, that's another guy. Uh, <laughs> Barabbas was a murderer. Here's what they did. I've got two prisoners here. I'm going to release one of them to you. Here's Barabbas, the murderer. And here's Jesus, the king of the Jews. Which do you want? They, they wanted Barabbas, the murderer. Now look what it says in verse 15. And killed the prince of life. What a statement. You chose someone who takes life and put to death somebody who gives life. The word prince there is, is, a, is an archon. It's a, it's a ruler. Uh, the prince of the power of the air is used of Satan in, in one place. And it's used in also in Ephesians 6, uh, 12, I think it is. But he's a, he's a ruler. The prince of Jesus is called the prince of life. Amen. He's the author of life. He's the giver of life. In him was life. John 1, 4. He that has the Son has life. He that does not have the Son of God does not have life. Amen? I am the resurrection and the life. He who lives and believes in me shall never die. He who believes in me, though he were dead, shall he live again. He's talking about the body may die, but you'll live again. Your spirit will never die. I've been listening to, to Doug Batchelor in the mornings. He's a Seventh-day Adventist pastor, and he's, a, he's really a great guy, you know. And he preaches Jesus, but they got this thing about sleep, uh, sleeping, body, what do you call it? Soul sleeping, yeah. So all wrong. They don't even recognize Jesus released his spirit to the Father. He laid his body in the ground, but he released his spirit to the Father. And I could go over many scriptures on that. Uh, whom you killed the prince of life, verse 15. Now look at this, the resurrection of Jesus. Whom God raised from the dead... And of which we are witnesses. Well, that, that, that's, that's the proof of it. And his name through faith in his name has made this man, man strong, whom you see. Yes, faith, through faith that comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Now, uh, let me tell you a little bit of history, history I've got. Uh, I, went, I was a, a saved in a Southern Baptist church, and I was a typical Southern Baptist preacher after God called me to preach. I would preach against sin the whole time. And I would, I mean, I, I, was, I was like angry. And I was trying to get people right with God. And, and they were all messed up. And, you know, I was in a church where you had to backslide to have fellowship with the saints. You know, uh, and so I, I would come down hard on them. And uh, I went to seminary. 
after Bible college, and I heard uh, my professor, ethics professor, you've heard this story before, and he was preaching about Jesus and ethics. And people would, his, his room would be full. It would be like 120 students there, a full room. People, kids would be, the, the students would be lined up in the hallway, sitting on the floor, listening to his lectures. By the time I got to the end of that course, four hours a week for a semester, I believe I was delivered from every bit of Phariseeism. Every bit of legalism was gone. I had an experience, something like Madison was talking. I mean, it was gone. There was no more legalism, no more Phariseeism, no more judgmentalism, no more condemnation in me. I was free. And he said, Christian ethics is to love people. The fruit of the Spirit, the evidence of the Spirit in your life, is to love people. Love, joy, peace, patience. Well, that was good. That was kind of the one side of the coin. But uh, a few months later, this guy came through preaching at our chapel. We had 5,500 students there. And he preached at our chapel. And I sat there, and this guy laid out a Jesus that I had never seen before. Yes, he was my Savior. He was my Lord. I studied him. I went through four years of Bible college. But I tell you, he laid out a Jesus from the Scriptures that I had never, ever seen before. He talked about Jesus. Never turned down an invitation to a party. He was always at a party. John came fasting, but Jesus came eating and drinking. And he wasn't selective about what party he went to. He'd go to, he'd go to the house of a Pharisee and enjoy a party. He'd go to the house of a sinner. Matthew, all the sinners sitting around. Right? He never turned, he'd always at a party, kicked back, telling stories. I had never seen this about Jesus. And it's on every page of the gospel. He was accused of being a friend of sinners. He didn't come to judge them. He came to save them. Whoa, he was a doctor going to the hospital and delivering people and healing people and saving people. Not only that, but he pointed out something. He said, Jesus taught everything by parables. And almost every parable he told about the kingdom of God pictured God as the host of a party. A feast. Read the parables sometime between now and Sunday. You'll see that's true. What what shall I like in the kingdom of God? The king gave a great feast and sent out invitations. I say, uh, you Pharisees think I'm not, I can't be from God because I'm fellowship with sinners. There was a man who had two sons when I went away, wasted his living uh, life and, and riders living all of his father's money, came back and the father forgave him and threw a party. And I mean, I sit there and, and, and it just opened up to me. I had never known this Jesus. He was the living embodiment of a, the book of Ecclesiastes. I've asked this many times. Don't answer out loud because people always answer it wrong. A lot of people do. Finish this statement from the book of Ecclesiastes. There is nothing better than. It says it eight times throughout the, it's the book of wisdom. There is nothing better than. Usually when I let people answer, they say, Jesus. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but that's not what the book of Ecclesiastes says. Here's what it says. Check it out. There's nothing better than to eat and to drink with your family and friends and enjoy your life. 
Eight times he says that. Jesus lived that out. I often say, have fun. You can't have too much fun, right? I say that all the time. Have fun, and then I throw in an addendum, but don't sin. He closes out the book of Ecclesiastes, make sure you don't sin. Right? Have fun, but don't sin. Jesus had fun. He was the life of the party. (laughs) I want you to see that. He was the life of the party. He did not come to condemn anybody or to judge anybody or to hurt anybody or do anybody wrong. He came to heal people and deliver them and enjoy them and bring them into the kingdom, which is a party. First thing we're going to do when we get to heaven is go to the marriage supper of the Lamb. Now, I want to show you, uh, I'm going to skip a lot here. Go with me to... uh, John chapter 12. John chapter 12. I'm going to show you something. This, this, this really lit my fire this week. John chapter 12. Uh, <laughs> I'm so happy I can't stand it. People think Jesus is so boring. He's anything but boring. We have told lies about Jesus. Churches are full of lies about you. They picture him like a funeral. He's not a funeral. He's a party. Amen. Amen. Good preaching, Pastor. That's good preaching. Thank you very much. Look at verse 47. John 12, 47. If anyone hears my words, watch this, and does not believe, shame on them, bam, I'm going to bash them in the head, throw them in hell. No, 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 no. If you're hearing my words and you do not believe my words, I do not judge him. (laughs) That is the word in the Greek that means judge. (laughs) He said, you know what the next verse after John 3.16 is? You know what John 3.16 says? The next, next verse says, I did not come to condemn the world, I came to save the world. I did not come to condemn anybody. Amen. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. He He didn't come to judge anybody. And churches are full of judgment. Judging people. Condemning people. Criticizing people. Mean spirited. They don't measure up to your stupid standards and so you hate them. Okay, look what he said. Uh, If anyone hears my words and does not believe, I do not judge him, for I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. (laughs) What a great message we have. What a great message we have. When you go out and you encounter your friends at work and in the neighborhood and whatever, you're not there to judge them. You're telling them about a Jesus who can save them from their sin. And he's full of life. He's life. He's not death. He's not sorrow. He's not a killjoy. He's not a, a, a dampness on the party. He gives life. Amen. Live, but don't sin. Enjoy, have fun, but don't sin. The kingdom of God is a party. Jesus is the prince of what? Life. The prince of life. Amen. 
I, I think the church needs to learn that. Look what he says, uh, verse 48. He gets a little stronger. He who rejects me. That's pretty strong, right? And does not receive my words, has that which judges him. The word that I, will, that I have spoken to him will judge him in the last day. Look at verse 50. And I, I know that his commandment, the Father's commandment is everlasting life. Here, here's what he's saying. He's saying, there's going to come a judgment. In the last day, after, after everything said and done, the last thing is going to happen before heaven and hell is ushered in is a judgment. Okay? Judgment is coming. But Jesus said, I didn't come to bring it now. I didn't come to judge you. I didn't come to condemn you. Jesus never hurt anybody. He never made anybody sick. He never killed anybody. He did just the opposite. I think we need to see that about Jesus. He's not mad at anybody. Amen. I mean nobody. He didn't come to judge. It's a word for judgment, krinos, to judgment. Whoa, this is, this is mind-boggling. Now, there's going to come a day in the last day, because, uh, therefore, have fun but don't sin. There's going to come a day when he is going to be, be the judge. But now, in this present part of the Bible, present part of history, in these last days, it's a party. I know, and I believe this with all my heart. I may be wrong, but I still believe it with all my heart. The problem we have with young people growing up in church and not paying attention in church, not getting involved in church, uh, leaving the church after they graduate is because of what they see in the church. Death. Judgmentalism. Mahatma Gandhi was the most powerful influence over a billion Hindus. And this is what he said. He was educated in South Africa. He said, I studied Jesus. I find nothing wrong with Jesus. If it had not been for Christians, I would have been a Christian. Mahatma Gandhi, leader of the Hindu faith. You know who Gandhi was? Gandhi. Gandhi. I'd have been a Christian if it wasn't for the Christians I met. That's our problem. This is going to turn around in our church. It, it's already turned around. Yes, it is. Already turned around. We come here to love people. We didn't come here to condemn anybody. We're here to love people and help them and deliver them. Yes. Amen. Woo! I can't tell you what that did for me when that guy got through that sermon. I sat there and I was, I was like suspended between heaven and earth. I was about half raptured. I'm going, Lord, I'm ready to come, but I want to come down here because I want to tell people about Jesus who's a party. Now you read the Gospels now and see if that's not so. I did not come to judge anybody. I came to save them. Hallelujah. Isn't that a liberating thing? That is so liberating. To live your life, all my my job is to love people. That's it. (laughs) That's the truth about Jesus. He's the prince of life. 
I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me, and I want you to say, Lord, I, I, I want to see Jesus the way he is in the Bible, the way the pastor is talking about. I want to see Jesus like that, and I want to be like him. <laughs> I want to be like Jesus. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And his presence is full of joy and pleasures forevermore. Just say, Lord, I want to be like Jesus.